Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubs at the Club, the Idaho Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. We are coming to you almost instantly after Idaho's seventh win of the season against Little Brother in Pocahontas, Idaho State. So keep that in mind as we talk about the scores going on in other games that are going to matter to Idaho's playoffs. Uh, again, th- we are doing this right after the game. Things are going to change post-recording, but know that going into this. I am your host, Dallas Hammer. Joined today by brave and bold, Brian Marceau. Good to be here, dude. Got a sprint to keep going, but uh, dude, got the win. We'll get to the rest. Feels good. And last but not least, producer seducer, Martin Heemstra. It's good to be here almost instantly after the game for the first time. It seems like in a while. It is feels nice to be able to see, see I'd have seven wins for a long time. I've got to give a quick shout out to to special correspondent to Tubbs of the Club, Michael Marceau, who is doing childcare so that I can be here and watching the Idaho basketball game to tell me what happened. That is a job I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy right now. Anyways, guys, we're just going to jump right into it. Around the bar brought to us by Hughes River Expeditions. The Idaho Vandals today got their seventh win of the season and qualified for the FCS playoffs, blowing out little brother in Pocahontas 38-7 to in a game that really was just never in doubt. Uh, Jack Lane ended up starting at quarterback in place of Giovanni McCoy, but Hayden Hatton's the one who stole the show. His record-breaking 15th touchdown of the season surpassed Jerry Hendron to go down in Vandal history. Uh, Roshan Johnson punched in three touchdowns. Marcus Harris sealed a pick six with uh, 10 minutes left in the second quarter. That really just put the game away. It was 21-7, and from there, it was just all Idaho. So we're just going to jump right into it. Martin, what went well today? everything it just seemed to me like everything went well maybe outside the first quarter but it it just seemed like once they got comfortable and everything started to click it just was all idaho the entire game yeah offensively idaho i mean look they won 38 to 7 so obviously offense worked fine i mean the the key of the game to me offensively we already covered jack lane was a starter which i think tubs the club was the uh, place that broke that news too but um Big, I mean, the story of the game to me for Idaho, Anthony Woods, 16 rushes, 122 yards, no touchdowns, but Rashawn Johnson punches in three short yardage touchdowns on his eight carries for 24 yards. Overall, Idaho minus a couple sacks is about 35 rushes for around 220 yards. They lost a few yards for sacks. So yeah, uh, 5.7 yards per rush with the sacks added in. So look, Idaho was just in control on the ground. It's the kind of support any backup quarterback starting their first games, a true freshman would want. And if you know your team like Idaho and you really need to slam to answer any question you can about playoff ramifications, we'll get to the things Idaho can't control later. Idaho did that today. They, they played a shitty Idaho state team. So they needed to have a convincing win. That's what Idaho had. Yeah, this, this was everything Idaho needed it to be. Uh, Idaho State had Tyler Vanderwall come back uh, for the first time since the very beginning of the season, uh, and he looked better than realistically any other quarterback they've had play. His numbers were were not good by the end of it, but early on, uh, Idaho State came to play. It looked a little bit a little bit nervous through that whole first quarter, just uh, as folks were saying in our Discord, the vibes felt off. Uh, shout out to Taylor Cash for the, the term there. Uh, and then really after that, Idaho just seemed to bully Idaho State around in, in just about every phase of the game. They did end up with over 300 yards. Uh, so they you know they cracked the like the bare minimum metric you need to have a, a functioning offense. So 
Idaho State did end up looking okay numbers-wise by the end, but realistically, this game was never in doubt. Idaho bullied them around. The offensive line held up really well for Jack Lane. He took a, a sack or two, um, had a bad decision or two, uh, true freshman things, but he had a whole bunch of time back there, and it was really comforting to see that, that the offensive line did recover a little bit from you – know, we, we've had the just the roller coaster season where it seems like there's times where the quarterback's got no time, and then there's times where he's got all day to throw – it was one of those all day to throw kind of kind of games. Uh, just a, just a great performance from Idaho all around in in what they needed to do. They needed to blow out somebody at the end of the year to put that final punctuation on on the resume. Uh, not that it really does a lot, but a thirty eight to seven win looks a whole lot better than a thirty eight to thirty one win. So, what didn't go well today? I for me, I'd say it seemed like there were some. I'll say penalties were just ugly. They were 10 penalties for 76 yards was just terrible. And they got chippy at the end. So it was, that was my, my big thing that did not go well. Honestly, I don't, I don't have a ton for Idaho that did not go well other than uh Suja Gasu, if that's how you say his name for Idaho state, their lead running back rushed 15 times for 84 yards relative to what Idaho's going to see in the potentially in the playoffs, Idaho state's easily not going to be as good a rushing team. And I mean, we've just seen this. We saw this against Sac state. We saw this against Davis. Idaho's weakness defensively is against the run and Idaho state wasn't able to exploit it to any meaningful extent today, but there were certain certainly stretches of the game where Idaho state looked like they might be, be coming to compete. Mostly it was early. Um, Tyler Vanderwall was relatively effective in moments, but I mean, the, the biggest complaint really is just that there were stretches where Idaho state looked okay for the majority of both halves. I mean, Idaho dominated. Yeah. The, there were a couple things. If you, if you watched the game, if you didn't watch the game, obviously, and you're listening to us and you just kind of have our word to go off of, uh, we'll try to do our best. But if you watched the game, uh, obviously the penalties were pretty important. Um, as Martin said, 10 different penalties uh, and some of them at, at inopportune times, uh, just a, problem that Idaho has been working on all season and I'm assuming it's just going to be a something that's going to take a couple of years to to kind of sort that out that was always a, a Paul Petrino thing and it's 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 going to take time to recover sort of the discipline of the program uh the running game for Idaho State definitely got more than they should have they actually averaged 5.1 yards a carry between all of their rushers including the the sack numbers from from Vanderwall so not great when little brother averages five yards a carry uh, on a, again, a team that was missing their top running back. Their top receiver was out. You don't want to see them carrying for five yards a game. So that's a little bit troubling because Idaho, whatever Idaho sees in the playoffs, if they make it there, it's going to be a whole lot better than Idaho State's running game. So that was that was a little disheartening. Uh, and honestly, the defense just in in, in the whole uh, looked like there were a bunch of just gap coverage uh it was very interesting the whole first half it seemed like their receivers were getting open they just couldn't catch anything and if it was a team that was not idaho state that you were playing against then maybe this isn't a 38 to 7 blowout maybe this is a, a, a much closer game but again that's that's projecting things here like at the end of the day idaho beat the doors off of idaho state and that's that's what mattered uh player of the game on offense I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and take Mr. Obvious here and go Hayden Hatton with his insane catches that he made and also finally and breaking the record. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Hayden Hatton too. Nine catches, 158 yards, uh, his 15th receiving touchdown, as Martin alluded to, sets the University of Idaho single season record for re receiving touchdowns. Of Jack Lane's 255 passing yards, 
158 came to Hatton. So 97 total passing yards went to someone who was not Hayden Hatton. Uh, again, and also Hayden Hayden Hatton had a couple a couple real nice catches that improved Jack Lane's stat line quite a bit. So yeah, uh, Hayden Hatton again all over the place uh, as my pick. Honorable mention to, like Ryan said, Anthony Wood, 16 carries, 122 yards. Roshan had just eight carries for 24 yards, but three of them were touchdowns. So honorable mention to those guys, but if you're calling out a player on the game on the offensive side, it has to be Hayden Hatton. Again, set the record, which is fantastic for him, but again, nine receptions for 158 yards. I mean, the guy is turning into almost a, a Cooper Cup-esque level, uh, level receiver where it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, Hatton's going to get open. He's going to get open all over the field. It's not just in like running out of the slot in one area. He's open all over the field. And if you throw it up to him, he's going to come down with it. I am assuming we're going to have a pretty similar player for the defensive side, but player of the game on the defense. I'm going to go Marcus Harris on defense, getting the pick six to and the kind of really what made me feel like, okay, I don't have to worry about Idaho making this a close game. It just with his pick six, just, quelled any nerves that I had at all this game. Yeah, not only a pick six for Marcus Harris, who's my defensive player of the game as well, two pass breakups and a tackle for a loss, two solo tackles. I mean, you don't want your cornerback getting a ton of solo tackles because it means the dude's giving up receptions. But, you know, those additional breakups are a pretty big deal. That touchdown, as Dallas talked about in the opener, was real. Look, Idaho obviously was going to win at 14-7, but 21-7 gave it gave Idaho breathing room that was never surrendered. So there was, it was essentially an anxiety free game from that point. Uh, there were Mervin Kenyon also was pretty dang good with a uh, pick and two breakups as well. But to and Mervin Kenyon's pick was a nice, very nice over the shoulder catch looking like a wide receiver. But uh, Marcus Harris to me was the guy, the single deep. If you, if you had to pick one guy on in a team that surrendered seven total points to me, it's Marcus Harris. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the again, you could go through the defensive stats and call it a bunch of guys. Favai Favai forcing a fumble. Tommy McCormick forcing a fumble. Uh, Paul Mawala had a, a breakup that led to an interception. Obviously, a handful of interceptions across the whole defense, like Mervyn Kenyon looking like a receiver out there on his pick. But it, it has to be Marcus Harris. That that was absolutely the point in the game where it was it was the kill shot. Like at that point, it it was just out of reach for Idaho State. Realistically, their seven points came from a trick play. Uh, they got themselves good field position off of a kick, uh, a kickoff return trick play uh, lateral that was really interesting to see, and, and that was that was it. I mean, the second that Harris picked that that ball off and took it to the house, it just felt just even watching it on TV felt like just the room died, and everybody knew Idaho was just going to run the Bengals right over, and and that's what happened. So, guys. I mean, we're obviously trying to keep this short because Brian has to go. We don't know yet about the playoffs, but how do we feel? Just not thinking about the other games, not thinking about other scores and other teams, thinking about this performance right now. How do we feel if if we're going into a playoff game next week? I'm feeling really good. I I haven't felt confidence like this in a very, very long time. I'd say I've had a week off of the extreme confidence. I felt, felt pretty damn good about Idaho after that Eastern game two weeks ago. But uh, I, mean, I mean, I feel pretty good. There's only so much you can project for Idaho State, which look, if we get to talking about Jack Lane's performance, which I think we probably should at some point for a couple minutes, uh, you have to throw the asterisk. Idaho State won one football game this year. Idaho State has did not score a fourth quarter touchdown after October 8th of the season. And that's in the bag. 
that that's just done. So Idaho State, very not good. But Idaho took care of what they needed to. Even with minor lulls, Idaho still had some of the big plays you need to have that sea change, like forcing three picks. Like some of them were luck, as in like there was one pass, I think, bounced off and ISU receiver's hand was picked off, which that's not like Tyler Vanderbilt's fault. But Idaho capitalized when they had opportunities. They had big plays when they needed. Idaho had moments where they looked effective, both running the ball and passing the ball as well. That's even with a backup quarterback in and not McCoy. Uh, you would have to expect McCoy. It was also weirdly, we'll get to Jack Lane again. It was the pass calling was much different today than it had been for Idaho for a lot of the season. But Idaho can, the only thing you can ask for Idaho in a game against Idaho State is controlling what they need to and not having lulls really. And Idaho did what they needed to. So the, the big issue for us in the playoffs is if we're going to be matched up with a team up front that looks like UC Davis, Idaho is going to struggle. But if they're not, there's Idaho's going to be fine. And Idaho did not play a front, an offensive or defensive front like UC Davis this week. And Idaho looked great. It honestly, there's not there's not a whole lot of things you can pick apart. Obviously, we talked about the run, the run defense was not what you want, and especially in the playoffs, if you run into a team like Weber State for if if that ends up being where Idaho goes, or if Idaho brings in a team that we're just we're going to see running backs in the playoffs. No matter how far Idaho goes, if it's first game or if they make it all the way to the finals, you're going to see some more talented running backs than you've seen uh, outside of realistically the Scadaboo and Gilliam uh, duos. The Outside of those two, we're going to see better running backs than we've been seeing in the big sky. And that that is a little bit nerve-wracking. I don't feel great about Idaho's chances to win the whole thing, but at this point... <laughs> Brian is already chuckling at that. Um, well, is, is that the standard? <laughs> I mean, like, do, do you have to win a championship to be stoked about what's going on? I mean, we haven't even made the playoffs yet. Just le- just leveling it out there for everybody because I know there are going to be people like, hey, we could do it. We could go all the way. Yes. I mean, technically, all you need is a ticket to the dance. I, I don't see that happening for this team. But what I do see is incredible building blocks to to patch up some of those things again the, the run defense the offensive line could just use more depth and i think more development there's obviously some things that that need to be fixed but you go into a game like this against idaho state and this is absolutely your your get right game if if you need to feel better about yourself going into the playoffs going down there and absolutely throttling idaho state is the the best thing that could have happened uh i mean uc davis losing would have been great and idaho running in on this nice winning streak but Got to feel great about about where things are right now, guys. If you are looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, do not look past your backyard. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976, and they are ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River of No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, or the Selway. You can even check out special trips like one to see the Persed Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. Just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Guys, we're about to the 20-minute mark here. We're 15, 20 minutes in. I know we're, we got to keep keep this tight. I'd like to talk about Jack Lane a little bit. Uh, obviously Giovanni McCoy did not play, uh, Nate Mink throwing it into the chat. Uh, Eck in his post-game interview said that, uh, Giovanni had an injury, wasn't super serious. He'll be back next week. If they are able to play, Brian has his hand up. 
Yeah, uh, to my knowledge, it was a knee injury. And this is a precautionary thing where Giovanni, given the choice, probably would have gone out. But the coaching staff decided, hey, uh, we're going to rest dude for the playoffs. That's my understanding. Fantastic. Thank you, Brian. So it was kind of a shock to some of us that Jack Lane was the guy. Uh, we saw CJ Jordan for two plays, one play, didn't get to do anything. He showed up and had a false start, and then they sent him right back to the sidelines. Very interesting how that has been handled as CJ came into the year as the presumptive starter, and then we just haven't seen him. Uh, obviously got a little bit of Jabore Gibbs last week, but Jack Lane obviously played a bunch in the Drake game, and then he started and played the entire game against Idaho State. What did you guys think of the true walk-on freshman? I I felt good. There was a little nerves early, but like the offense, they made they made things work with him on offense, and I thought did all he could for for his first time starting and playing a whole game. Yeah, Lane goes eighteen to twenty nine, two hundred fifty five yards, a touchdown, and a pick. His pick was a bad pick, uh, but. I mean, game was already over, and he's a true freshman making his first start. You know, there's going to be some true freshman mistakes. Uh, so what I saw, what I thought was interesting is the play calling was a bit different. Uh, Lane looks like he's actually pretty comfortable running through progressions offensively in a way that like is different than McCoy. Uh, there are a lot more short passes. We, we don't really see many short passes at all with McCoy. Pa and when I say short, I mean passes where the ball travels fewer than 10 yards vertically. Uh, Lane threw a lot more of those type of passes, not exclusively. He had some deep shots that looked nice. He had, especially in the third quarter, he had a run of about three consecutive passes where he thread thread the needle pretty nice. Um, Lane also certainly had some lulls, like in the third quarter in particular, heading into the pick. Uh, Lane had a couple moments didn't look as well or as great. His accuracy was a bit off throughout the game. Maybe that's reps, but he had a run in the second quarter too, where he had about uh, four or five passes are just behind guys a bit. And um, I really, I do feel like that stat line probably got pumped up about 60 yards by Hayden Hatton being the best receiver in the nation. Uh, but overall, you can understand why the, the, there's parts of Jack Lane for sure that look promising. And you can understand why coaching staff would be high on the dude. Uh, but you also got to keep in mind it was against Idaho State. He had virtually no pressure the entire game, got sacked once, really did not have much. Really, Idaho State did not get to him much at all. Uh, which you know contrasts that with Giovanni when you know Giovanni played early, he was getting just uh, just having no time against you know Washington State and Indiana. So certainly some bright spots. Certainly can understand some parts where the coaching staff is high on the dude, but do also have to acknowledge it was a favorable setup. Uh, so it should have been if, if he's good, which he looks like he's solid at least. It should be hard to look bad against Idaho State. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like this was the this wasn't obviously designed to have Jack Lane start this game all along. But if you're going to break in a true freshman, that uh, not that he's being anointed as the next guy, but it's very obvious the coaching staff is very high on Jack Lane. This is the kind of game that you want him to go start. If if you're going to, to get him some playing time in a true freshman year where he can you can still preserve the red shirt when he plays four games or less, this is the type of game you want him to go start. The, the little brother that honestly is a, complete dumpster fire really had no shot at winning this game. I mean, again, the one of the most incredible trick plays I've ever seen is the only way they got their seven points. And outside of that and a couple of dropped passes, they, they just didn't do anything. Uh, so you, you want to see a guy go get to go in in a little bit less pressure environment, especially a team that can't generate any sort of pass rush. Uh, it definitely looked like lane. does a really good job at moving through progressions. Uh, obviously there's some mistakes that that interception was completely awful. Uh, he slipped out of a sack, rolled out to the right. I think he was throwing at Hatton. It might've been Whitney. 
just lasered in on him, did not see the linebacker about five yards in front of him and threw it right into the guy's hands. It was honestly really terrible, but he recovered, played the rest of the game, did fairly well. Again, 18 for 29, 255 yards, touchdown and interception. Uh, Giovanni McCoy got some playing time last year in mop-up duty and uh, just out of injuries, didn't look great, and then came back the next year and, I mean, won the job and has been one of the best quarterbacks in the conference statistically. So if you're trying to get Lane some some playing time in, in that sort of idea of getting him either into a competition with, with McCoy or just making sure you have two quarterbacks you're super comfortable with, I, again, I don't know why the other quarterbacks don't seem to get as much play as the true freshman walk-on, but here we are. He played pretty well. Got to feel pretty good about it if you're if you're a Vandal fan thinking if McCoy goes down, obviously most of us have been high on C.J. Jordan for a long time. I think people are still very high on C.J. Jordan, at least according to the folks in our Discord and some things you see on Twitter. Jack Lane played quite well. Jabore Gibbs has proven himself as a quarterback at this level. You got to feel pretty good if you're Idaho, just in the depth you have in that room. I want to go over one thing real quick, because I know you're not saying this, but I want this to be an unsaid to listeners. You talked about all the quarterbacks, because we, we have reason to feel solid about them. Jack Lane is objectively and clearly the number two quarterback. C.J. Jordan and Jabari Gibbs clearly are not the number two quarterback. Thing We've talked about this on the show previously, but thing I'm going to point to, Jack Lane has got time when it was dedicated for him to get time on purpose. He came in against Drake when it was not mop-up duty at all. That was scheduled for him to get reps. And early on, the team, our information was the team had planned to play Lane a little bit more, but then Giovanni just took over and the team looked was suddenly looked like a playoff team. So no reason to risk it. But this game, Lane Lane was picked to start because he's the number two. He's not listed on the depth chart because that's you know like a Jason Eck, you know, trickery thing, whatever. But uh Lane did not play in any of the other blowout games because they were preserving his potential starts. This was one of them. This is the team just has Eck has decided this is the number two quarterback. That's why there is this this huge gap between him playing is because McCoy made it impossible to pull McCoy. But this is the game plan in case McCoy is down long term. There's no reason to believe he is. But like, let's say in the playoff game, McCoy goes down. You guys shouldn't be have any question. The guy who's number two will be Jack Lane. Well, and especially when you're at this point where it's win or go home for the rest of the season, assuming Idaho even makes it into the playoffs. If it's win or go home there's still two more games that they can play the kid without even burning the red shirt. So uh, it, it does make sense of why we did not see him in, in other blowout games. Guys, any last thoughts on Idaho state before we turn the page? I just want to, con- I mean, the, the general congratulating the defense on having some pretty big plays. Like the, the thing we talked, we talked a little bit about naturally is offensive stuff, new quarterback, but uh, those three turnovers were all timely. And even though there were, there were lulls in the game for sure. There was no, look, there was no real anxiety. I mean, I, I can't believe I didn't even bring up like the total stats, but like total yards, Idaho State passes for 121 total yards. Vanderwall looked good, but he passed as like raw talent looked good. Passed eight for 21 with three completions to Idaho. So he had three completions to Idaho, to Idaho, eight completions to Idaho State, three completions to Idaho. Defensively, this was a strong showing. So we're going to do a quick new segment alert. Uh, we're going to call this around the FCS for just a handful of games that we care about because it's playoff worthy. Uh, it's a really wordy segment. We're trying to figure it out. But again, this is like a one-off kind of thing. This segment is brought to you by one of our favorite listeners, one of our OG listeners, Nick Davis. Brian, 
do you have some stuff to show the people? Yeah, dude, Nick Davis, he's been helping us out at Tubbs. And on his own, he creates some of those kick-ass metal work on the planet. I'm going to show you something. You, This is the Joe Jane. Uh, I don't even know what you call this. Uh, logo. Sorry, Martin's got the magnets Nick Davis designed, put together for us. This is... Uh, some wall this is some wall art metal work from nick davis that you could that you can buy at the vandal store it's licensed he also did grumpy joe he also did like regular joe and the eye vandals logo which um dallas has the eye vandals logo he's pointing towards something that i can't see oh he's pointing towards me in addition to the flaming heads that i'm holding up nick davis did a tub specialty dudes hold on make sure you're seated for this Nick Davis special. That's King Spud. Metal work goes on your wall. If you want the van, the officially licensed Vandal ones, check them out at the Vandal store. If you want the tubs at the club one, right now, contact us on Twitter or contact Nick Davis. We'll get it taken care of for you. But uh, if you want to know, this is absolutely one of a kind. You will get it nowhere except contacting Nick Davis. And yes, that's a Jason Neck visor on the King Spud metal work. So this segment brought to you by Nick Davis. Quick update on FCS scores that matter for Idaho uh, for the playoffs. Uh, Montana State beats the shit out of Montana in the Brawl of the Wild, 55-21. That's big for Idaho because if Montana wins, they have a better playoff resume than Idaho, but they lost, so they don't. Right now, Sacramento State is beating UC Davis 17-10. to That's big for Idaho because if Davis loses, they're probably completely out of the playoffs. Montana, it's still a question about them being in, but Montana would not be in over Idaho at this point. Davis loses, they're probably just out. But if Davis wins, they're in over. They're, they would be advancing above Idaho for placement. Uh, outside of the Big Sky and the CAA, Villanova beat Delaware 29-26. That's big for Idaho. Delaware was another team Idaho needed to potentially pick up a loss to help pave the way. And in the Missouri Valley Conference, North Dakota State is, last I saw, beating North Dakota 42-21. That would have been a chance for North Dakota to pick up a quality win and maybe move ahead of Idaho. So some things breaking in Idaho's direction for potential playoffs. If you're curious uh, about other games you should be aware of, uh, go to tubsattheclub.com. Our newest member, Josh Grissom, put up a an awesome article kind of detailing the playoff path for Idaho and other games that you should be aware of. Um, maybe one of us will remember to update the article with the scores after the game. But realistically, you can go in there and, and find out which games across the FCS you should be paying attention to, and, and you can kind of do the math in your head. But FCS Selection Sunday is tomorrow, 1230 Eastern, 930 Pacific on ESPNU. We will find out then if the mighty Vandals have made the playoffs in the first year of the Jason Eck era. Okay. Uh, Christy, Christy Mayer in the thread uh, that that would also be a, a pristine bitch that I know. Uh, she's saying Nick also did a sweet hydro flask for our daughter for her senior day for Moscow high school soccer. Nick Davis also did some, uh, some kick-ass highball glasses uh, with, with the, uh, with Grumpy Joe and the Joe Jane logo uh, that I have. And he's all, Nick Davis's shit auctions off for the Vandal Scholarship Fund, and it's always high money stuff because he does kick-ass work. So seriously, check out Nick Davis for the best metal work you're possibly going to find Vandal-related. I got to bounce, guys. Uh, I will be recording sometime to do season grades for the entire Big Sky counting Idaho, and then we'll see what happens with the uh, playoffs. See you guys later. And again, very last, uh, just tooting our own horns here uh, for anybody that is in our Patreon. You were 
part of the select few that got to find out yesterday that Jack Lane was starting. We broke that news for our Patreon subscribers. If you want to be involved uh, talking to other Vandal fans that that are super engaged with this team, if you want to get some of that little bit, little bit of breaking news when we have it, patreon.com backslash tubs at the club uh, or hashtag only tubs. I think you could actually probably do hashtag only tubs and it would probably take you to something if you look that up on Twitter just because of how much we've used it. So please, if you like us, if you hate us, if you don't care for us, Check it out. You might find something you like. You might find something you hate. Might be a good time. Might be a terrible time. Might as well check it out. With that said, keep, an, keep a lookout on the Tubs of the Club channels as we will absolutely be reporting anything we hear about Idaho getting into the FCS playoffs. But again, you can watch the FCS selection show 1230 Eastern tomorrow, November 20th on ESPNU. Go Vandals, guys and gals. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. This is producer Brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.